Welcome to the CoinRivet podcast. I'm Jeff Gross. CoinRivet makes it easy to buy, sell, send, and store cryptocurrencies quickly in one place. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all future episodes. All right, everyone, we got another special guest today. It is another main event champion. We just had on Greg Merson. This is your reigning WSOP main event champion. It's got a nice ring to it. Karai Aldemir in the house. Karai, how are you? Pretty good, Jeff. How, how are you? How's it going? It's good, man. We got to spend some time together, I guess, maybe almost two weeks ago now, 10 days ago. We had a, had a good time we at trading, got to do some commentary. I know it was your first time actually on the other side of the booth. You're used to playing the high stakes, but you took a little little break and got to be behind the booth. How, how are you doing from, from there and how did you enjoy that? There was a lot of fun, actually. I mean, yeah, as you said, I've never done commentary before. Well, I mean, I, I guess I was a guest commentator for an hour or something before, but like actually doing it the whole day was different experience for me, for sure. Also talking that long in, in English. I mean, it's obviously not my, my, my first language. So, yeah, it was, was fun. It was cool to see things from the other, other side. And, and I know you've actually won a Triton event. I mean, you've played, you know, people, generally when you see someone win the main event, um, obviously there's there's so many entrants and it's not necessarily a high stakes crusher. I mean, you do play some of the highest stakes tournaments in the world super high rollers and whatnot, but what is it like for you when you're sitting behind the booth? And it's not like, man, I wish I could play, but you literally could just go over and, you know, it's not, you do play there on that size tournaments regularly. How, is it difficult or was it kind of relaxing in a way to just sit back and watch instead of playing? No, I mean, yeah, it, it was cool. You guys made it, made it easy for me. Of course, I had to get into it. And I mean, at some point, I was a little bit like, oh, man, I, that looks like a fun tournament. I, I wish I, I could play. But I mean, I, I knew I wasn't going to play. So, yeah, they, they asked me a couple of weeks earlier and I said, wow, I, I always wanted to try it. So, yeah, let, 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 let's let's do it. And um, that was what I went there for. And you were like you would like to play, but you weren't you weren't like really like, man, you, you didn't call him and. And tell Andy those guys like, hey, I gotta get out of here. I, I need to get in there and start playing. Cause I know Rast Brian was really itching. Like he actually was was considering to to try to take a half day and, and get in on in a few of those in the short deck. Cause I mean, the short deck's a different game, right? That's a it's a fun game. It's a different game. Had you ever? I forget now because we spoke on this. I think it was you're pretty new to that. You've never played a live short deck hand before, have you? I played like one or two tournaments at the Aria when it when they when they first had it there right. and. I think more than half the field hadn't played before, so <laughs> it, it was a fair game, kind of. Um, sure. But yeah, I haven't I haven't played much, and um, yeah, it was was fun, fun commentating on it because yeah. um, like everybody kind of got into it a little more. And yeah, I mean, I think I personally still prefer regular hold'em, but it's it's fun to mix it up, in my opinion. I, I like some mixed games in general, and yeah, why why not play some short deck every every once in a while? For sure, and I gotta ask. I mean. This this main event, this was just now at the WSOP that was not in the summertime. So this was in the fall. And this is very fresh. You won in November. You took down the, the World Series main event. It's just so ridiculous. It's your first bracelet. You've got a lot of accolades in poker. But has it – like how often do you think about it? Is it something like do you, do you wake up and think about it? Where do you keep your bracelet? Tell us a little bit about what it feels like to be the main event champion. And, and is it is it a, a thing that you, you literally uh, – do, do you like – does it – I just feel like I would never stop thinking about it. Like I just never take a smile on my face. It's just such an absurd thing to win the actual main event champion. Tell me about how it feels and, and what it's like day to day. 
Yeah, I mean, the first couple of days or even weeks maybe were were pretty insane. I mean, it felt super sur surreal, obviously, as you can maybe imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, of course, grew up. I mean, not grew up, but like came up in poker watching watching the main event coverage and so on. And you always dream about sitting there one day, maybe, but you don't really think it's, it's going to happen. And then it did happen. And yeah, so super special. Um, of course, still, I, I have good memories about it of course i still think about it but um <laughs> yeah I, I guess i guess not every every second anymore um and actually i i still like that, that's a bit weird maybe i still haven't watched the coverage actually i mean i i watched like a few random hands but i haven't watched the the whole coverage i i think i i guess i'm gonna do that at some point maybe before the next uh next series and um that's gonna be fun for sure like looking looking back, back at it Trying that, to remember how I felt at the moment. That yeah. that's that that is. I mean, that is interesting. I guess you know, it's one of those things where you, yeah, I would I would think that you had, but I know that it's you know, you come across me as such a humble guy. Even like when I ask you for a picture that you sent me like a picture of you in the woods, like in a river. You know, like it's you're just not like uh, that. That doesn't surprise me. I just remember a cribs edition. I don't know if you you might be too young. You're what thirty or thirty one. 32. Yeah, 31. Yeah. There, there was they used to do this like card player cribs edition. I don't know if you've ever seen this where they would go to people's homes of uh, poker players and you would get a look into their house. Have you ever seen this series or no by any chance? Maybe, maybe I have, but I can't really remember. No, no. So there's this episode though where there's this guy, uh, his name was, was like Teddy the Iceman. I don't know if you've, you've seen this before, but he's like guy wears all these chains, like you know, just it's just <laughs> such a funny like poker character. But they go to his his house. He's got like his his TVs on the wall with uh, wires everywhere. But he he had when the uh, card player came over, it was like on loop, like a clip. Like he had maybe like a twenty, like a ten second oh. clip from the thing. Like I, <laughs> it was like on in the background, you know, like <laughs> the, the footage on there was it was all time like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But he's like, <laughs> maybe maybe I need that. You got. I'll. I'll find it. We'll find it. But anyway, yeah. No. You again. I, I got to. Got to know you a little better. We got to spend some time just now in Cyprus at the Merit. That was a lot of fun. And, and again, I. You know. I don't. I don't. I just want to genuinely say, like, what a humble guy you are for my my our time together. I really appreciate you. You know, taking the time to come on today. And um, yeah, look Cheers. forward to uh, letting other people get to get to get a better feel about about you and, and your sort of uh, overall. Um, you know, the, your cadence. So. Let's talk about you. Let's let's dive in before we go to the main event. Let's talk about you growing up. Like, how did you get into poker? I, I have some notes on what I, I've heard, but you know, where did you first hear about this, and and how did this become a big part of your life? Yeah. So for people that uh, for people that don't know, I'm I'm German. I grew up in Germany in Berlin, and um, I guess poker is a bit less popular in 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 Europe and Germany as as in the US. I I would imagine. Uh, or at least it was in the mid 2000s but that's when it first came like on into the mainstream a little bit in in, in germany at least there was the james bond film right like casino royale I, I guess that's the first time i like really saw some some poker in a movie really um, and then they they showed it on on tv some i don't know what it was if it was high stakes poker or, or poker of the dark or or even some main event coverage they showed it on tv and i i, I thought like on this uh, on the sports channel and i thought what what is that why, why are they showing people playing cards on, on sports tv i want to i don't know i want to watch football or soccer or basketball or something but not playing cards but then yeah i i don't know it it, it became kind of kind of a thing 
and then we played with some friends and I, I played for the first time when I was like 16 or so. Um, and yeah, I I won my first like sit and go we, we did there uh, without knowing the rules really. So, so I mean, I obviously just got lucky. But I guess that's why I liked it because usually when I when I don't when I don't win, <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't like uh, a, a game or whatever. And yeah, maybe, maybe that's why I liked it and um, started playing a little more. Of course, I don't know some some random free rolls than than online at at some point. But but more like just with friends. It was a hobby. And then when I started studying in university, I I met somebody who was a yeah, pretty much professional poker player. And I thought, wow, that's super cool. I, I, I told him I play some poker too. And that's when I first like got a little bit more into, into strategy and such. And yeah. Yeah, see here, and this was, I mean, at least, I don't know if this is the first ever tournament you did play, but it was your first ever cash and you did win it with 63 people. So at this point in 2006, you're saying you weren't, you weren't like deep in study streets or you were kind of just just experimenting and playing around a game but you had you already been playing online a little then or was this literally your first introduction of of live poker or online at that point yeah so i got 18 in 2008 and um i remember in in berlin and the in the casino there they had these sit and goes on the weekends like i think 20 euro 20 euro buy-in it lasted like two hours i mean it was obviously like a hyper turbo or something and mm-hmm. we used to go there with some friends sometimes on the weekend it was at the same time as the german football matches like soccer matches for, for the us and we we used to watch the games and and play the sit and go there and that's that's i mean but but that was just for fun of course and yeah like 2010 was when i started studying there and that's when i met the the the, the poker player and yeah i played in some local casinos a little bit but this is the first year that you can see there in 2012 january that was just the first time I played a tournament that was tracked on Hendon Mobile, I guess. And yeah, I remember that tournament actually. It was of course kind of a bigger buy-in from for me. What, what was it? Two hundred euros or something? Two hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. I mean, they 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 used to have some daily like fifty euro tournaments or something that we sometimes played. But two hundred euro was the first time I played a tournament like that. I I think. And and how how was your what was your family's sort of reaction at this point? Was this like did would they ever say like be careful or going to casino? Don't do this. Was was that sort of how they looked at it? Or was it almost just like no, this is entertainment. You know, we trust you. Don't worry. Have fun. Or or how, what was their sort of outlook on poker early on when you were when you were playing a bit? No, I mean they 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 didn't like it <laughs> too too much. I mean, of course, and like when I was like seventeen or something, and when it was a hobby, they just didn't mind it. But it was just a hobby, but. When I started traveling a little more for for poker tournaments, instead of going to university and doing like a regular normal good thing, I guess um, they they didn't like it. My my parents are both like I don't know doing social stuff more. Than, they're social workers and poke. They they don't know anything about the, the the poker world, so it was completely new and foreign for them. And um, yeah, it, it took uh, it, it took some time until until they kind of understood what was going on, and uh, I mean now I guess my my dad thinks it's it's kind of cool, of course, that I that I won the world championship, if you want to call it that, and and stuff. But uh, at, at first they didn't really like it, no. And and but is is it something where you know are you do you do they follow along like during the main event, you know, and their coverage as it's getting deeper and and all this like are they. Are they texting you? Do you like update them at the end of the day? Or do they kind of just leave you alone, let you be in your place 
or you know does your dad say i love that hand or wow how'd you make that call or what a pay? like are they are they like engaging with you along the way or do they kind of like step back and then afterward i mean because it's always yeah, interesting to see how parents handle course. right like uh you know how involved they are or not or, or how they go about it so my mom like she doesn't follow at all <laughs> she doesn't like she still doesn't know what's what's going on really in poker i mean she right knows it's a card game and so on but she doesn't know the rules and she doesn't doesn't follow it either i mean of course i i, I texted her during the main event that i have a pretty deep run in a pretty big tournament uh, i mean that that she understands uh, but she wouldn't like follow the coverage or something i i think she would get too excited anyways and uh she wouldn't understand it too much anyways but my dad he he, he does follow a little bit he's he's still isn't like a, a good poker player at all but i mean i guess at least he knows the rules kind of by by now i i would imagine so he does follow a little bit and looks some i, I guess he looks on poker news but live reporting whenever I'm, I'm i'm up there so he he watched the coverage yeah very very cool yeah no i i think yeah it's it's one of those things where that seems to be the the general alibi like people's parents generally aren't as supportive or they're worried about it in general which makes sense and then as there's some success and different things you know they can they can relax a little bit but it definitely is um you know it's one of those things people don't know what they don't know either right like if you think here exactly. poker and you just you know you just assume that maybe it's pure gambling and there's a lot of risk and it's some danger so it makes makes a lot of sense where parents don't just jump right on board well tell me about your first big big score uh here and i guess it was like this, at least on live yeah. 2016, have you already been playing a fair amount online and have some pretty success and playing decent, you know, like what, t talk me through this going into the summer of 2016, what size buy-ins are you playing online for tournaments and, and how deep into the game are you? Cause you really so had for then. Yeah. Yeah. So what people probably find interesting is that I met some, some other players who became super successful pretty early in my career. So I met, Rainer Kempe, who also is from Berlin in around 2012 at a tournament, and also Julian Thomas. And then in early 2013, I met uh, Fedor Holz. And then with a couple other players, we became kind of a poker crew. I mean, we had, a, I don't know, Skype group, stuff like that. We traveled to poker tournaments together. And um, as you probably know, Fedor got super successful around 2013. He he suddenly had some insane scores, played some high rollers. And um, this is how we kind of got more motivated too, right? I mean, I was still a student at university at the time and I played some low stakes online tournaments, but I don't know, two or three times a week, uh, nothing insane. And that's when I started playing some live tournaments as well. We, I remember we went to, to, to Cyprus, for instance, where I was with you last week. That was kind of my first live poker trip in 2013 and then we went to the Caribbean later that year stuff like that so I got a little more into it but I still was kind of playing low stakes mid stakes until around 2015 ish I want to say like 2014 2015 was when I first moved in with other poker players instead of living with like my my friends from university that's why I kind of kind of shifted I I decided to go more into poker instead of pursuing my 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 studies more like yeah that's like 2014 2015 yeah but still playing mid stakes and um, around that time 
heading into 2016, I first had some some kind of bigger scores online as well. Um, I don't know, but my bankroll is still like super low. I mean, I, I don't remember specifically, but nothing big. And then 2016 was was pretty much the breakthrough year for me. I had some some scores going up, and I actually played my first 10k this year in Monaco. I remember that EPT. 2016 i played my first 10k that wasn't the wsop main that one i had played before but other than that first 10k in like may 2016 i had some other deep deep uh, runs and then exactly that tournament and like a month after playing my first 10k i played my first 100k uh that, that was the the, the one where i obviously sold a lot of action but that was kind of kind of quick going from playing like mid stakes online until like the, the high stakes that was within a few weeks basically yeah yeah that's that's not a general progression to go from a 10 to 100 just like that and then you know maybe 25 there's even the 50 level or play a few 25s first because that you know it's even 10 to 25 is a, a big jump but how, how did that come about and how how, how did yeah, you feel I mean, when you said you were like wow all right and then like sitting down at your first 100k with um what was that like yeah it was a super crazy summer i mean as I said, I had some success this year. And then um, <clears throat> at the WSOP, I kind of ran deep in a lot of tournaments. I think I had like final two table thing before where I got like 12th or something. So no big score yet. But then I, yeah, this one, the summer solstice one was the first like super big score where I actually chopped with, with, with Adrian, who was kind of, yeah, of course, uh, a friend by now. But that was the first time I really got to know him. Um, yeah, that's the, this was my first super big score, and then I think I final table another event at the Venetian or something. Yeah, this deep stack thing there where I got seventh, and yeah, I was I was playing very well, and then uh, some some friends suggested, dude, why not play the hundred k? I mean, they they said they they're sure that I'm going to beat the field, so I sold a lot of action for that did play and yeah somehow yeah actually i remember this i remember this tournament very well the bubble there was some very short stacks and i'll, I'll i i don't know if you were there or you were at the table maybe with him even because there's only three ta four tables or whatever but uh antonio spandiari got in with jacks to aces on the stone bubble and he walked out the door because I, I was in there too and i was pretty short and he looked at me and he goes he goes uh he goes text me if i win he literally got his stuff because they like paused all the tables and he left the 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 left and then came back and he hit a jack on the river. I called I called him and he's to stay in and not bubble. Um and then he actually went on and made a little bit of a run. I think I, yeah, I got this was a this was a I mean this is a stacked field. There was some big names down here down the stretch and yeah, I remember um I'm trying to think. Yeah, I got 18th, Antonio got 13th and wow, that was yeah, big money up top like I mean that that must have been pretty surreal to be there after your that was your first ever that was your first ever 100k correct? first ever 100k yeah 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 i mean i was i was chip leader after day one and i mean i i couldn't i could barely sleep that night i mean uh yeah it was by far the biggest tournament as i said like first 10k was like six weeks prior or something so that was pretty insane so did, then, but like yeah. give me the, give me that actual because what did it feel like when you actually put the hundred down? Of course, you said some people bought some action, but now you know it's uh, there's real money in there, right? Like people are risking money. You know, you're putting, you're involved, you're you're in there with your own money too, like playing some. Wait, your parents, for example, like 
the 10k that's probably like what they, what do they say when you like hey i'm in 100k do you even tell them this is sort of like going going uh skydiving some parents wouldn't want to know beforehand you know you just like do it and then you tell them like did you t- did they know you were playing this or did like <laughs> when you, like how did that how did that go down I, yeah I, I don't remember specifically actually but probably i didn't i didn't tell them that i mean or like if, if i did i explained them that i sold action and <laughs> don't be scared it's, it's it's all good um but yeah, I, I, I guess we made the decision for me to play that tournament that day. Even like that was very spontaneously. I mean, some some yeah, some friends said they know somebody who would who would like buy action, and that's that, that's how it kind of kind of happened. And um, yeah, but it, I, I mean, I was super nervous to be honest, super nervous. Also on the on the final table when it started, that was the first. Super big final table, I guess. I mean, of, of course, there was this 1K final table where, where I got heads up with Adrian the, the week before or whatever. But the the one-drop final table, like all the TV cameras there, all the big names, that was something something else for sure. Yeah, 5 million to first too. I mean, it's like the you know the final table, it's 384. You're talking about like 3-4xing three, three, or 50xing. On a, on a real sizable investment. And I mean, it must have been nice to have Fedor there, though, right? He's one of your, like you mentioned, one of your core friends. He's in the middle. He's been on such a heater and maybe talk and calm your nerves a bit. How was how, how that playing with him there? And obviously, you guys both made the podium. Um, so, pretty, pretty electric yeah, score. Was... But yeah, did, how was that with him there? Yeah, just, just insane. I mean, the, the good thing, I guess, for me was that, that I kind of was the short stack. And I'm not sure if, if Fedor went into the final table as the chip leader, but may, maybe he did. Definitely, he was a big stack, and um, I kind of had to play tight, anyways. Um, and somehow everybody just busted. I mean, I I didn't play a crazy amount of hands. I I, I just let it up, and suddenly we were like six left, five left, four left, three left, and I was like just the short stack all the time. So that was kind of kind of easy for me in a way. Yeah, and it, it, uh, it's funny how that works out, right? Sometimes, like, yeah. you're in the final table, everyone's doubling, people are surviving, the, the stacks get close, and sometimes it's a runaway. Stacks get knocked out, guys get all the chips. Um, it's 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 actually it's fascinating, I think, tournament poker like this because there's there's just always different scenarios, always different situations, different people use their chips differently, how it breaks. So I, I think that's one of the the reasons why tournaments are so fun. Because it's really always a little different, even though it's very similar. The principles and concepts, it can it can just always, you know, you never know how it's going to shake out and how people are going to going to going to perform. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, you must have been over the moon at the two point one million dollars score. And then and that and was this was this a pivotal moment for your family and friends? Like kind of like, all right, this is real. Now I'm playing hundred Ks and I'm I'm beating them. Um, you must have been over the moon. This must have been like the closest feeling to that winning the main event i mean it just like situation yeah, exactly your career exactly yeah 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 definitely so that, that summer i mean even the maybe even more the tournament before when i when i like got second or chopped or whatever that 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 1500 that was kind of the first i don't know kind of life-changing money in a way first big success i guess like i don't know what was it 300k or something that was yeah. huge and then, um, yeah, and then 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 that one drop was kind of the the, the cherry on top, I guess. Um, even bigger score, of course. Although I, of course, had way less action in that one. Um, but but yeah, after that summer, I mean, 
I obviously felt, kind of felt that I had made it now. I, I I guess yeah. And then from from that point on, I suddenly was a regular in the in, in the high rollers like a couple couple months months later for sure. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, I don't know. It's to me, it's fascinating this type of stuff because like. This is one of those things where, like you said, you're in good form. You're obviously your final table and you're going deep. Your friends know you're playing well, probably the way you're talking about hands. You're in the in the discussions. They, they can just feel it. Hey, we want to buy a PCU. Hey, let's go. But how crazy is the trajectory of your career? And this happens in anything, right? In, in sports and in, in poker, for sure. You know, one break or one thing. Because you could have played great. You could have got cooler. You could have stone bubbled. You could have not cashed. And, you know, maybe it's like whether your friends would probably say, hey, no, man, you know, don't worry, like get in the next one. But you may just be like, you know what? I didn't like that experience. I didn't like that losing money for some people. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I want to stick to whatever. Like it could really shape, um, you know, your, in general, right? Like this happens probably all the time to talented players who take a Absolutely. shot on their mental aptitude, decide to not take it more. So, you know, there, there's a lot of variance in luck in these type of situations because it's hard to cash tournaments as well, right? You talk about percentage-wise, it's only 15 percent cash and, and there's a lot of good players so um you know that that uh I, I have a feeling you would have found your way up to the high stakes no matter what but it is interesting to think on this a lot yeah that's that's a that's a very good good and important point in, in my opinion i mean people of course like like talk about luck in, in poker a lot like how much is luck is involved especially like I'm, I'm getting asked that a lot now that i did some mainstream interviews or tv stuff as well and they of course they don't know anything about poker they always ask like how much luck is in there and it's of course super tough to answer that question but yeah. what people don't think about are exactly these kind of situations early on in your career i'm like winning my first home game with friends even that one if i if i don't win that if i don't like the game maybe i will never play again and yeah same I, thing same thing what you just said I, with my first high roller yeah I don't want to get overly, yeah, to to too too philosophical, but it is interesting. It's almost similar um, if you think about it to someone that makes it as a like it, it's it's almost like being a born right, like the trillion how how rare it is. All these things had to happen. Your parents had to stay alive. Your grandparents had to stay alive. They had to make it. These different little swings and how it all shook out. But it's similar, exactly. Like you're saying that's even another level of it yeah like i same thing i used to play with friends at a soccer tournament we would play if i was just getting whooped if i just lost every time or a few times and i didn't have a good time um you know i might i might have gone out as well or any other example of that along the way so it really right. is uh t the path is 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 narrow to get there and, and a lot of things have to go right for you to to feel you know comfortable and want to do do that so that's uh, that's a great point as well i wasn't even you know thinking as, as far back as that but for yeah. sure so all right well you you do that you make this big score you feel on top of the world you're in vegas you're young what is, what is this 2016 so this is six seven years yeah, ago I'm, I'm 20 i'm 25 25 so 25 yeah. you're you're 25 you're in vegas and you're and you got some coin in your pocket what what is it what is it like to, are you you don't strike me as a go out buy a lambo or or you know, uh, some crazy guy. What, 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 when you hit that 2 million score, what happened that night? Did, was there anything different or did you, was it late and it finished and the next day? Did you, did you get right back into poker the next day or did you take a few days and, and let it soak in? No, I, I remember that that day we, we partied, of course, with Fedor and some, some, some other, other friends. Yeah. Um, of course, Fedor won, won the tournament. I mean, yeah, we, we just partied together. I think there were some, other people from the final table as well it was just a kind of kind of big party. Um, 
But yeah, no, no crazy story from that. I don't even remember if there was a tournament the next day or something. But I think the main event was after, like a couple of days after or something. And of course, I did play the main. And uh, of course, I had a had all the chips on the main again uh, on on the first couple of days. I think. Yeah, it was literally the next day. I mean, there's day one A, B, C, D, so maybe you played one right, or not the next right. day. But like the very next thing you did hop in and it looks like made a run, yeah. Yeah, and I remember I, I had all the chips on the first two or three days, so actually the other way around than, than the main event this year. And I had a huge, huge stack. I remember that. I won every hand uh, going to the bubble, but then I kind of lost two big hands and I was out. So it was kind of... Kind of funny because it could have happened this year too, too I guess, but it didn't. Yeah, and that and that's that's um, you know again, there's something like there's something spiritual in my opinion when you like when you go deep in a tournament when you're just zen and everything's going right and you're winning hands, winning flips, getting good situations, people punting to you. Um, there's something like really interesting about that, and there's also times where of course you get coolered or take a bad beat or make a bad play. Uh, it, it's just wow. Cause even, I mean, this main event, like you're in the money here, right at 940, there's, there's still a thousand people you have to do yeah. to actually win. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll definitely dive into that main event run in a, here down as we kind of scroll up. But what, uh, what point do you, do you start really thinking about in a tournament winning? Cause like you're, you're used to high roller, small fields a lot. So how do you kind of approach when you buy into a, a buy-in that has a large field size and one that's a, a high roller because it's a it's, it's really a completely different game and, and a mental way of approaching and understanding when you when you look at a room there's 50 people to beat or there's six thousand it's it's a dauntingly different task so can you maybe explain how you approach each of those situations yeah it is different that's true and also i guess it changed when i when i started playing more high rollers i just didn't play those big fields that often anymore and um to be honest that that's that's a, a thing I know from some other high rollers that just don't enjoy playing these large fields anymore because you just, as you said, used to the small fields, you're used to final tabling stuff basically every other day if there's only 50 people playing. And then now you have to run like like God basically for a few days until you even get close to the final table. So it's sometimes a bit, a bit challenging going back from like these small high buy-in fields to, to the main events. And um, yeah, for 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 a bit of time after playing the high rolls, I didn't have any success in these smaller buy-ins for a while. I mean, of course, there's a lot of variance. I mean, people forget that, <laughs> but um, kind of felt that I maybe didn't play optimal for 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 a while. And I remember after that year, I didn't cash in the main event, for instance, anymore until until this this recent one. Um, so yeah, diff- a little bit different. Skill set, especially on 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 day one in these these main events, of course, like stay patient, stuff 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 like that. And tell me about. So you said you had all the chips and it didn't work out, and then this year, but that this the year that or the year we were just talking about twenty sixteen. But then, excuse me, and and this current year you didn't necessarily have all the chips. Could you kind of just run through the the days? It's a long tournament for those that don't know the main event. What's it's seven days or nine days of actual playing, or it's at least yeah, it was nine days, nine days. Nine yeah. days yeah. Of stringing together, not being knocked out, and being the last one remaining out of six thousand six hundred and fifty entrants. So, tell me about your day one, sort of um, not not every day, but what was like, you know, where were you in the chip rankings roughly throughout the the nine days? Like, how how, did, yeah. how was your draft? Yeah, it was it was interesting. I was a short stack for or like until day three, basically. I think 
the the first day I finished with I don't know forty thousand ish I think so sixty thousand starting stack like less than starting stack half the starting stack yeah and I I played a kind of a big hand I mean I've uh, I've told that before so I don't want to get like too much into it but I folded uh, a, a straight or I folded what was it oh damn uh, I I think it was Jack eight six five or whatever, and I folded the seven the seven four, where I thought my opponent had a bigger hand very likely, and I, so I folded on the turn to a three bet, and uh, was uh, it ended up being the correct fold because she had the the, the ten nine the nut straight. And that was kind of the the key hand in a way, I guess. I mean, of course, again, there's variance. I could have been been wrong or whatever. But with me ending up winning that tournament, that hand kind of felt like the early key hand. And I remember after the day, I was kind of happy, although I had a bad day, I because I kind of felt like I was free rolling at um, in in a way um, because usually I. I was supposed to, to to be out in that hand, but I I remember being proud of myself for for making that fold early in a, in a tournament for the reasons we just talked about before. Yeah. So that was a that was a big turning point in a way. Second day wasn't wasn't great either. I finished with I don't know 30k, and then day three it went up, and from that just every day was good basically. Day day three I already had a big stack. Then I, I got like a few presents, and in, in a way I won some some big hands. Double twice, and from then on, I had a big stack going into the bubble. I had a big stack, and I think from day five on, I was pretty much chip leader all the way, which is in, insane for a tournament. This doesn't usually happen like that. I also was only all in for my tournament life once. This this, this was on, on on day two, um, yeah. but I, I've said this before as well. I mean, this I, I don't want to say I, I played so great. I, I I wasn't all in. This is a uh, this is one in well as well, right? Like. Not not getting into certain certain spots where you just have to put it in, right? Yeah. And, and give give me a give me a give give us a an idea on how how highly um, valuable the main event is in, in preserving life because of of the tournament. Like, you know, what what are you what kind of folds are you willing to make? You just illustrated a very big fold to fold basically. You know, second nuts or whatever, third, have like a straight on a board where you know you would almost never want to fold because it's so you just so hard to make that strong of a hand. Like, are you folding, you know, kings to aces under the right circumstances, sub like twenty five blinds even, or is there is there certain like lines in the sand where you're just like, you know what, like I, I I'm not folding pocket kings when I have twenty big blinds in the main <laughs> event, even if it's like raise three bet or if it's like I open and get three bet you know, by a guy that never is going to, if you're just sure he only has aces, because he's still going to, you know, whatever, queens or ace-king, like, what, give me some sort of, some some guidelines that you would just make. Like, I mean, it's, it's 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 tough. Of course, it's tough to make, like, a generalization. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of, it wouldn't come up too often to fold, fold kings for 20 bigs, for instance. Uh, and I, I think one mistake that has to be avoided is playing too careful, because if you, you think you have an edge, if you just fold every close spot all the time, you're not you're not gonna make it. You're just gonna blind out at some point. So it's kind of you have to find the the right balance. And I mean, me winning the main event now doesn't make me the biggest main event expert uh, in, the, in the world now. Uh, so I mean, 
You're not, maybe not the I biggest. Know, it's, it's you're the reigning. You're the just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's still kind of just my my opinion, I guess. I know there are some some really good players that would say they're just going to play play the same. They they will just take all the chippy V pots, and I guess they will have a bigger stake more often than than me. But uh, I kind of like preserve my tournament life a little bit more, I guess, in the in the early days. But giving like a percentage is is is, is kind of tough uh, if, if you're willing to go to, to take like a sixty forty early in the main for for instance or like where the line is is it at like 65 35 right i don't know i would probably take a 65 percenter to to double up firsthand but it's right. uh it, it's it's tough to say really and it's also I, I guess kind of tough to do the math because nobody really knows how how big the ri is there's like people have very different thoughts about that i mean i know that some people bought players for like 4.5 markup in the main wow and then there are players who, who who said nobody has an RI higher than two hundred percent. So it's very different what people think, even like the the brightest minds in, in poker, which, which which makes it interesting, I guess. <laughs> nobody yeah. really knows apparently. Yeah, it shows there's there's still a lot of a lot of thoughts and, and difference and opinions. So I, that's part of what makes poker fun, right? That's why even now with these softwares and solvers and all this stuff, it still doesn't necessarily mean that one thing is always right or you could you start talking gto versus uh exploitative and it's you know it's why it's interesting right it's why we all love it and there's there's no the game isn't isn't cracked uh yet it's not it's not completely solved and live poker is going to be um be prevalent for a long time what what do you think gives sort of i'm just going to bundle you guys like the the fedor and you know your crew and you and some of these guys that Stefan Sondheim or these guys that have had so much success and are, are such great players. Like what are some, some attributes that you believe you guys have, or, I mean, I don't know. I want you to speak for everyone. Let's just take yourself. Uh, you're, you're obviously part of this sort of this, this group, but what are some things that you believe to have so much success that, that is a, a key in your game and in, in your, in your sort of um, your overall outlook and, and understanding of the game of poker? It's, it's tough to say, to be honest. I mean, at the, this was kind of pre-Solver era as as well. Like Solvers just 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 started, and so when we when we came up in poker, we just talked about poker a lot. Me personally, I was just a very very big poker fan. I mean, I I when I when I yeah, it was just was the number one thing in my my life. Kind of when I didn't play, I I like to watch live streams. I of course like to talk hands with friends. I like to watch some strategy videos or whatever. Um, when Solvers first came out, I tried them out a little bit. I just was really into it, I I, I guess. And I guess I was just a pretty good poker player at, at, at the time. It's kind of tough to figure out what attributes make a good poker player, I guess. And in my opinion, at least poker is just the di discipline of poker. <laughs> if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Because I'm like in these mainstream talk shows, I'm, I'm getting asked again, like, what makes you a great poker player? Is it psychology is it math and i'm like yeah it kind of is math but doesn't make a math professor a good poker player it's just a, an, an own own thing you'll just get better at poker if you study poker or play poker and nothing nothing else so right i'm not yeah, sure make, if my point, point makes sense but uh it's kind no, of no of course I, yeah. I mean no i i also just some some of the, you know, there's different di different characteristics, attributes, if you will, about like bankroll management. You know, like you kind of said, discipline, maybe preserving tournament life. Is it um, understanding stack sizes, like 10, 20, you know, short stack play, you know, certain things that maybe 
um, you know, I guess it kind of all goes into one, right? You need to have, you can't have too many leaks to, if you're going to be a great poker player, you have to kind of be, be very solid at a lot of the different things. Um, and is that something that, had you ever gone broke? Like since you, you started, like you, you came up playing with friends, you, you always kind of did it the right way. Even like when you played higher, you sold pieces. You know, there's, there's two different stories in my, my book with poker players. Like I have friends that have been broke five, 10, 20 times where they bust their bankrolls. And then there's a lot of ones that maybe never did or only once twice max when they were young did so you know I, I would imagine for you it sounds like you sort of adhere to a stricter buy-in and guideline and sort of uh, responsibility with that is that true or did you at the very yeah. early stages did you ever have any kind of um you know it's kind of hard to say go broke when you're 16 or 18 year old and you lose exactly. your exactly it's not really necessarily going broke but um <laughs> you know i guess like once you hit a threshold of x amount to, to sort of keep going. Is that, is that fair to say that you just, once you kind of broke into a real amount of money, you were able to just kind of progress? Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly that. I mean, after what was it 2016, for instance, I didn't go broke. Um, but of course in the early months or even years of my poker career, it, it also wasn't about the money for me. Like first, first of all, it was just like a hobby that, at some point even made me some some extra money but i didn't look at it that way really so i i guess i did go broke maybe but i didn't really have a bankroll to to, be, to begin with I, I just played with some with my money like some right. other people would have different hobbies or whatever but yeah once i had a certain bankroll that i didn't really go broke but i mean i i did i did take some 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 shots and and so on it's not like i'm the most conservative guy when it, when it comes to, to to that my friends can uh can confirm that i guess uh, but yeah i was definitely more careful than some other people out there i guess but to be fair most most people that, that make it to the top i want to say have been kind of kind of careful with, with with them their money more often than not at least for sure. And, and what is, what is something you do, let's say during the WSOP, you know, and it's a lot of tournaments back to back to back, do you, do you generally wake up and play every day or will you just kind of decompress, take a day off? It's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, flick in a smaller buy-in. Uh, do you select your schedule or do you kind of just go with how you're feeling and, um, you know, depending on how things are and what's happening, just, just roll with it. Or do you actually like go into the summer or the, the series and you say, look, I'm playing this event, this event, this event, this event. What's your general strategy with with buying buying selection and tournament selection? It has been very different over the years. So when I the, the, my first few times in Vegas, where I also sold action, I mean I had these spreadsheets. I had every. I, I was also looking forward to the WSOP so much, like weeks before I made a spreadsheet with every tournament that I I could could play, like on all the different casinos, etc. And then when I started playing the high rollers, I basically just played the high rollers. I didn't play all the WSOP events anymore. I played more at the Aria even um, than at the at the Rio. But for instance, this past series, I was super motivated to play, and I was prepared to basically play almost every day at the WSOP, and also play some mixed games. Um, actually, I. I started like mixing it up a little bit. I mean, I didn't really study that much in the mixed games, but like a, a good friend of mine is, is pretty good at them. And I kind of got into it as well. I wasn't super motivated to like study to 
play these super high stakes anymore anyways last year. So I played more mixed games. I played every day pretty much at, at the Rio last year. Didn't have great success. So it was kind of funny that I won the main event this this last year, actually, where I played less of these high rollers, but I won the main somehow. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's pretty nuts. And what, what's your what's your preference? Do you like to get a house with a group of friends? Do you like to have your own Airbnb or hotel and just be in your own zone? I'm, or have you done some of both over the years at WSOP? So this this past year, which was the first time I had a house with with friends. We had a yeah, there were like five of us, I think, four or five. Yeah, four at first, then five of us. Um, the years before, I always stayed in hotels or like these apartment hotels, like. The, Mm-hmm. What are they called? The first year I stayed at the Palms Place, I think, the first time I was there, 2014. Yeah. And then, but yeah, I've, I've stayed at different places. When I when I played more at the area, I, I, I used to stay at the Strip more. And then, yeah, but th- this past year I was at the house, and I guess the next two years I'll be in the house as well. Because, yeah, it's, it, it's fun to, to get away from, from all the lights and noise every, every every day for a bit, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure at this point you'll... you'll uh... You, it, it, no matter what, you'll you'll find a way. You'll get a group of guys that you. That's a good formula. I think you see that that works, and that's that's right. Yeah. So you'll you'll be definitely doing that. And what about um what about hobbies when you're out there? Do you like to go to Red Rock? Do you go hiking? Any golf? What's sort of your what do you do to to unwind when you're when you're not playing poker during this time? Yeah, I, I mean, from I I I assume some poker players can relate. I mean, when I'm when I'm there for for the poker, I actually play poker most of the time because I at least these days I don't play online that much anymore so when I go to a tournament stop I usually try to focus on the on the poker mainly uh, but, but of course like not not 24 uh, 7 but uh, so yeah this the stuff those appear I played pretty much every day and if not I, I I like I like sports I'm a big football guy for instance like soccer uh I like, I like like to play that um and yeah wsop for instance it's always just so cool because there are so many friends out there right like over the years i of course got to know a lot of lot of people so there's always somebody out there who wants to to do something so if, if you're up for for night out or something you will probably find somebody um and and i like to do some sports every every, every once in a while when i when i get the chance and the the world did you guys win the world cup this last year the team the the tournament the soccer world cup no we 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 germans did not win the the austrians kind of kind of won uh if i remember correctly they had a very very strong team yeah some some ex kind of professional players and and so on super young guys yeah tough to yeah the the austrian germans that that it's such a and so you you spent time in obviously grew up in berlin spend time in Austria. I feel like the Austria German, it's almost like confusing and intertwined with poker players. Yeah. Like there's, it's sort of, you know, people live in one place or the other. Tell me about Berlin versus Vienna, for example, give me some, some pros and cons on the cities and, and what you prefer uh, to be in. Cause those are, those are, those are two cool cities. I actually went to Vienna for the first time this past year. I think I was there in last September and I've been to Berlin as well. Both very interesting um, kind of happening vibrant cities that I, that I would like but you spent significant time in some of those so can you tell me a little bit about about that and, and what your choice is on where you live sure sure yeah i guess it also gets a little bit confusing for some of the non-europeans like all the 
who's who's German, who's Austrian, like what's what's up with the flags. Um, so yeah, like just just a lot of the the German poker players live in live in Austria, which is a small country yeah. next to Germany. And we um, also German speaking, so it makes sense to move there if you don't want to live in Germany. And in Germany, online poker is kind of tough to to play these days. Um, there are some regulations you can't play. So, more than a certain amount of tables, I think, or like deposit that much. And then the, the tax situation is a little bit better in Austria too. And it's just a super big community these days in, in Vienna. Um, a lot of German poker players live here, some Austrians, of course, and some other countries too. Um, yeah, I grew up in Berlin. I never want to, to, to leave Berlin, but I moved to Vienna, Austria, for studying actually originally, university that we talked about earlier. I, I uh, used to study psychology, but I didn't finish. And yeah, with, with the fact that the poker community was just starting to build here in Vienna, I, of course, never never left and I just, just stayed here. I like both both cities a lot. I might move back to Berlin at some point because I think Berlin is just super cool. It's just my, my city, I guess. But living in Vienna is also super nice. I think Vienna and Melbourne are always the two cities that win kind of best city in the world award or like best city to live in i, I guess I, I don't know what what they look at exactly but right a few factors and yeah vienna is a nice city definitely should check it out viewers i mean you you've, you've been there jeff but who hasn't been here should definitely check it out yeah it's 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 cool and melbourne you mentioned um I, well, Melbourne. I call, it's, they call it Melbourne. I I always like to say it's confusing. No one knows you're, you're talking about. You saw Melbourne, but this the city in Australia is a very very cool city. It's got a great energy and vibe yeah. too. And I think we, I asked you. You haven't been to Montreal yet, is that right? Or, yeah, exactly. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna get you there, man. That's that's <laughs> uh, that you are. Um, if I'm if I if I may ask, are you, you are currently single or in a relationship? Just so the viewers, we, we're not a huge female audience uh centric but it's important i think to let people know are you are you on the market cry not or just don't want to say no problem i don't want to put you on the spot <laughs> no it's all good yeah i'm i'm, I'm single i'm single is that, uh, a, is that a reason to to go to montreal in your opinion um my wife watches this podcast sometimes so i'm not going to say much i'll just say if you're single that's a probably it's a cool place they have great poker room there at, at car uh <laughs> playground poker it's a fun city I'll say that it's actually the, the the best thing I'll say about Montreal is it's what I would say the only city in North America that has a European feel to it. Like it just has that like it feels like you're in Europe and it, it's it's also very well reasonably priced. I mean, the Canadian um, mm -hmm. currency is 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 pretty, you know, favorable to Europeans and, and Americans even. And just everything's reasonably priced. And uh, I got nothing but positive things. I would put that on my top three city list in the world as well up there with Melbourne and um, cool. you know, I like Vienna a lot. I was kind of just playing online and, and I did get to see some of it and experience, but I was there with my wife and son. I didn't get to get like a full, you know, single, what it would be like to go out. And I don't yeah. know the nightlife really as much there. So I, I mean, I Vienna, Vienna is just much smaller than, than some of these other big cities. Right. I mean, there's yeah. just like 1.5 million people living here. So it's of course, right. everything is a little more, more calm, calm, I guess, but it's, it's, it's nice to, to live here. I, I guess it's it's beautiful. It's 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 yeah, like pretty. It's safe and and so yeah. on. But I'm sure like the nightlife is more exciting in some some other spots. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's yeah. I guess it depends, like you said, quality of life and just overall pound for pound. Very, very, very strong city. Um, what is your give? Give me your WSOP plans for this year. What are you What are you planning to do? 
is this one of the years where you haven't mapped out or I guess still still a ways away, but we are coming around the corner. It's only what six yeah. weeks, five weeks away. Is this are you going Excel spreadsheet or are you coming in with <laughs> sunglasses on and your in your board shorts and just kind of winging it this year? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Um, I mean, I will, I will definitely go, of course. I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to try to defend the, the title. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if I'm going to stay the whole time again this year. So I haven't played too much, actually, since the beginning of the year. Too much poker in, in general. Um, only one, one tournament stopped so far. But now there's some, some, some coming up. And, of course, the WSOP is one of them. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm not sure. I will I will definitely be there, and we already have arranged a house, so that's that's gonna be good. But I'm not sure if I'm gonna stay the whole time or not. And and what is overall your kind of poker crew like your core? Say let's take 2016, 17 years, 18, because I know some of the guys have sort of gone into other paths and, and maybe still dabble in poker, but you don't see them all the time. Um, what are what are what, like, would you say your 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 core group still intact, or are they just playing a lot less poker? Some of the names you've mentioned so far. No, I mean the the original crew from like eight years ago, nine years ago, like even six years ago. Of course, it, it isn't the same anymore. I mean, things changed. Like a lot of them aren't that much into poker and anymore. Some went back to university. I mean, the, the cool thing is everybody was pretty successful. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I guess a lot of viewers know. I mean, Fedor did some other things, isn't like doing poker um, full time anymore. So, yeah, those guys aren't necessarily my my poker crew anymore these, these days. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, whenever we are all at poker stops, we we, we hang out together. Um, yeah, it's it, it's tough to name a single crew. I, I think I think also the 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 crew thing is maybe a little bit overrated. Sometimes there used to be this Germans versus American uh, thing from the media back in the day. I mean, yeah. I guess it kind of kind of makes sense because a lot of us Germans went came into the high roller scene at a pretty similar time. But I mean, I'm friends with a lot of the Americans, uh, etc. Et um, especially nowadays, not not so many Germans anymore in the high rollers, anyways. So yeah, it, it's it's mixed up way more than 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 people think for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, it makes that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of buy-ins, though, too, like you know, for I know the WSOP, they have some hundred Ks, two fifty Ks. Do you do you have set in your mind what you'll play? Would it maybe depend how you're feeling in form, um, game time decisions, and just field fields? Like, what are some of the things you look you, you know, talk me through deciding on schedule? Is it just sort of like you you go out there and then go with the flow, see how you're feeling, what's going on? Yeah. So I mean, originally, I. Yeah, I, I thought about playing more mixed games last year or, or already, right? And so the idea was to maybe get better at mixed games and, and play some mixed games, do some studying maybe, but I I didn't. So I'm not sure if playing the whole mixed game schedule is going to be a thing. Um, I'm really not sure if... if it's going to depend on, on, on my mood, to be, to be honest. I mean, of course, the high roller tournaments are still a lot of fun, but I... I mean, if there's only the best 15 people in the world playing, I haven't done too much studying lately. So, I mean, I'm not just going to give away my, my money, I guess. But some of the more fun events I will definitely play. I will just decide spontaneously how I how I feel, to be honest. Yeah, no, no 
no set plans this this year. Yeah, makes makes a ton of sense. I want to ask you about when you travel. Like here, we got uh, you take down the Triton event. This was in the Philippines, and it's you know a million Hong Kong. So what's that? That's probably like 125k. Is that right in that range? Um, yeah. In 40 entries, you take it down. When you go there for this tournament, are you do you have a plan on? Um, do, you, do you come in the day before? You come in a few days before when you're going on long trips in different different time zones and whatnot. Like, and also, do you get to enjoy the city? Do you, do you carve out time before or after a trip to get to see places? Um, and, and let's just take that example for a Philippine yeah. you hadn't been before. Yeah, it, it, it depends. For like super long trips, I like to go like at least a day before, I'm like two or three days better. Like if there's like a nine hour time difference, for instance, there's nine hours between. Germany and Austria and uh, Las Vegas. It's always nine hours, so I I wouldn't fly there and play the tournament the, the same day. I'm just gonna fall asleep uh, like right. later in the day. Um, yeah, I remember this Philippines tournament. I went there from Australia, I think, so it wasn't super far. So still a long flight, but um, I was kind of in similar time zone already. So I guess we we flew there the day before. I don't remember exactly. And um, yeah, sometimes I like to um to add a day or, or two to to explore a new place uh, but like to be honest um i mean these poker tournaments are like the coolest places in the world right but they're pretty or like very often in the same places each each year right so there's i mean melbourne is pretty like one of the my favorite favorite cities in the world but the aussie yeah. millions is there every year so i don't have to explore melbourne every year i i guess i mean i like to go out there or like do stuff but yeah, I don't have to explore Barcelona every year. I go there for the EPT, for instance. Yeah, it just depends. But when I'm going to a new place, I, I, I try to make some, like make make time to, to explore it a little bit. Right. Yeah. That that makes that makes sense. That was actually one of my next questions. Like uh, on the tour, on you've been on for a while now, and, and traveling. What are some of your favorite cities for for poker and or just for you know whether it's a venue or for you to to get to enjoy when you're there? What well, give me maybe a couple like two or three. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the ones that I just mentioned, Melbourne, I like a lot. Um, it's always January, February is summertime there, like obviously. Yeah. Uh, winter here in Europe, so maybe that plays a role, role as well. You escape the the cold and fly into the summer there, and people are just super friendly there. The poker is great there, the Aussie Millions. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to happen anytime soon there again. I, I hope so. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um but yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. I mean, of course, Vegas is up there for for the poker. I love playing in Vegas. I had my biggest success in in Vegas. The, the best tournaments in the world are in Vegas. Um, yeah, I like. I was in Panama once for for playing. That was maybe the most exotic place I I, I played at. Mm -hmm. So that that's cool. Like seeing some of those places that you maybe wouldn't see uh otherwise um yeah and and actually speaking on germany and austria wh where would you i i think what ps heinz one was that 2012 or 13 no maybe i don't know yeah 10, 10 years 11 maybe 20 maybe 11, yeah. 12 that sounds right yeah so um you know would, did that did you notice was there a big boost in popularity there was that well covered and, and how has it been in general in the last years in Germany and Austria in terms of poker popularity from your feel? 
Um, yeah, so I remember this is when I first started becoming like a poker fan, right? I remember um, staying up all night and watching that main event final table when when Pius won and following that. That was kind of kind of fun memory. Um, was, was there that a poker something that was aired? Was that like on a local or a German no. station, or was that like you had to get on ES some coverage and VPN or do something and get on your computer and? whatever like that type yeah of i mean no you won't you won't find like poker coverage in 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 the mainstream media i mean that's that's or like live coverage that's not going to happen but there's like on the sports channel there's like episodes just like i guess that are aired on espn later yeah. well you will find them but but not live no so so uh, that wasn't that wasn't at the time like you from what you're aware of your run this past year or ps Heinz, there wasn't like you know breaking news like you know final table or win champion i would think that would get you know for what's a major thing it's like winning the masters it's more money than winning the the major golf tournament or a lot of um major events where there's purses like it would to me it seemed like it would catch some sort of mainstream news no oh yeah yeah don't don't get me wrong i mean um there it was in the news it was in all the main, mainstream i mean I, I can't say this year i guess it was the same when when pierce won uh no like that, that day it wasn't all the all the news everybody reported about like me winning uh but i mean that uh, it, it just wasn't like live streamed i, I but um uh, yeah no but like my my grandma for instance she saw it in the in the news that i won i hadn't i like, called her or anything and she was wait that's my grandson that's <laughs> amazing. Kind of funny and of well, course and that shows it is it is pretty mainstream, right? If your if your grandma is getting whatever news or outlet she's she's reading, you know, I, I doubt she's getting you know watching the the main sports channels or whatever. So she it must have been fairly well covered, or maybe a friend let her know or something. But still, that that shows there was pretty good outreach. No, no, no yeah, yeah. It, it was on all the news that that day in one of the new newspapers and and so on. So there's there's some uh, mainstream interest. I mean, I've, I've I'm I'm getting some re re requests as well from like talk shows and and some TV studios and and so on um yeah i mean it, it's not it's not going to become um sport number one here uh, or anything and it's not going to be on prime time tv but yeah, yeah people people are interested in hearing about poker at least a little bit yeah that, that, that's that's definitely yeah. true i was talking with bill perkins the other day about this exactly that you know this and there's something working on with him at the moment which um i think i i did it mentioned to you about when we were in, in cyprus but yeah, i think that's one of the biggest problems with poker is that you know if you are at a bar or a, a, a place and, and poker's on tv the problem is that most people just don't understand you know like you just it's like if you actually could explain to people what beat what and like under the very basic principles were able to be you know your 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 wife or a friend or your the person you're dating for example, like a girl, like that they could understand if they saw it on TV and they were like, wow, like, okay, this guy's a flush drawer. This is a two to one or, oh, this is the prize pool. This is what's going on. Like if you could just give the very basic sort of drama yeah. of it, it would be a lot more interesting. The problem is many people just don't understand. Like you put it on, it'd be like watching cricket. To me, if you put cricket on TV, you know, I haven't really had a chance. I don't know the scoring. I don't know what's happening. It, it's just like, so you have to find a way to sort of like, educate people in a fun way but quickly for them to get the basics and that's i think um you know i think that's something that's lacking and, and just uh, it's just why like what if you see it at a, at a bar most of the people won't understand 
what's happening. Yeah. So of course they're not going to want to watch. Like if you just like, you know, throw on some random thing that like no clue how it works or scores or who's winning or what, what happens. But at the same time, like poker is such a, I think such a fundamental, pretty easy, intuitive thing to learn, right? Like, like once you learn the hand rankings, kind of some basic math on it, yeah, fun. It's just, it's just, that's, I think there's a gap. Um, in that and, and it's also are people really willing and, and, and wanting to learn uh do, do you feel what do you feel the health is of poker based on like seeing online live numbers online stuff like how, how do you feel the the current state of poker is right now just from your from your sort of observations i mean i guess live tournaments are as as healthy as, as ever right like a lot of tournaments have like record numbers especially after the pandemic i think people we're waiting to, to to play live again. I mean, of course, during during the pandemic, we had like very big numbers online. So, um, yeah, I I guess that, that that's that's good. Of course, like with the online poker world, there are some issues we have to 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 deal with. Like first and foremost, I guess AI getting 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 better, programs getting better, which is an issue definitely for for live poker uh, for online poker. So that's that's going to be a challenge to deal with that in the upcoming years. Um, but I'm I'm pretty pretty sure that at least live poker is going to stick around for for quite some time. It's just a cool game, and people like playing cards. People like gambling. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, before we take, there's a lot of questions. This is um, we're going to go to we'll go over here and grab some of these. I know there's, there's a lot, so we're not going to get to answer all of them. We'll, we'll, we will spend some time here. What is, t tell me about downswings at high stakes. Cause I mean, obviously when the main, you know, first hundred K you play, you get third for 2.1 million. You know, all this is great, but look, looking here, 2019, you know, you, you, you score for 734,000 take second place. Um, you know, big, some, a lot of times there's some deals looks like here, you guys did do a deal. Cause that's why it's so close between first and second. So you basically win that tournament. Um, but then, you know, even here, like scoring some, some decent scores, but for bigger buy-ins and I'm sure there's some bricks and rebuys in here. Like how, how does, you know, how do you deal with it when it is a bit cold? Cause I mean, it looks like, again, I don't know how much you're playing during this time. And I guess this is COVID. Is that tr true? So maybe why there's not yeah, really yeah. as much going here. So that actually just looking at it, maybe it's not even. A downswing maybe there's just nothing going and 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 you never lost your stride but i'm sure there's been some spells and, and patches where it's not all roses for you how do you deal with that when when kind of um you know things aren't going per swimmingly well what are what are some things you do to try to shift your mind or, or stay positive no it's definitely the, like one of the biggest if not the biggest challenge um, as a tournament poker professional um, to deal with that <coughs> to deal with the mental side of side of things um it's not easy um especially if you're playing like too, too high i guess um because i mean even as a as a super good poker player i mean i don't have, have to, to to tell most of you guys i guess if if you run bad you're gonna run bad and you're not gonna cash um, and, and it's gonna happen at, at some point so yeah, always try to to improve. I guess. Um, I guess one of the key factors is don't play too high. I mean, if if you realize it's it's gonna hurt your mental health, you, you you're feeling sad or whatever, then don't 
play as high and because that that's a, that's a problem it, it, it shouldn't happen of course it, it's not gonna feel great if uh, in, a, in a downswing but it shouldn't like yeah you you, you shouldn't you shouldn't get depressed by by it and then that's a, definitely a sign that you've played too high or, or too too much or whatever um so yeah i I try to remind myself that variance is involved, but in both ways, right? This is important, even if it's going going well. And you have to remind yourself, probably I was running good, good as well. So yeah, always, always try to improve, always, always question it, and look at the big, bigger picture, right? I mean, if you look at like a couple thousand tournaments or whatever online, then you, yeah, it, it would be good if 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 the the overall graph goes goes up at some point. And if, if it doesn't, maybe, maybe it's not the right thing. Um, but yeah, variance, variance is just—it's it's just a, a huge, huge, huge thing. Even like even people that know about variance still sometimes underestimate it. In, in my my opinion. Yeah, I mean that is the, we sort of we, we covered this a bit about you know the the luck in in terms of how things shake or at what point you're you know because again there's a lot of flips and stuff too and in tournaments deep or you know huge ev flips that you might not even get it could take you a year or two to get into one ev flip you know that you could have that could go not your way or go your way maybe a few times in a row right so it's like this this is very tricky to deal with because it's like no one you know it's hard to really compartmentalize that to, to understand what the impact of that is and how how important it is and how that can set your yeah set your career so i, I think that's um yeah it's a, it's a, it's 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 hard and it just kind of teaches you teaches own you have to sort of experience it and you know hopefully it's more fun obviously they say winning solves everything right when you're winning and things are going well it's a lot easier when things are not going so well that's when you can really be tested and, and put in some, right. some some tough spots so um i think that that makes that makes perfect sense and what what aspects of poker do you really love competition sociability travel for example and what are other aspects that you don't really enjoy about about poker and playing professionally yeah i mean i always liked like games competitions even even as a kid i mean i i liked playing i don't know board games i liked like sports etc i always liked these challenges games with the friends so it was kind of a good pick for me poker i guess because i was also good at, good at math so it was a good combination for me um, I think it's just a great game, to be honest. Um, even the, the 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 best players in the world can still improve, right? I mean, the the rules are fairly simple, but even the best players can still improve, and this, these are like very good things for for a good game, in in my opinion. The the luck and skill factor is a is isn't a good um, yeah, it, it's pretty good. I, I think it's good that luck is in, involved, otherwise the best. They would always win. I think that makes the game usually a little bit worse. Well, Helmut told us that a long time ago, right? He gave us that that insight into in the luck and skill and how yeah. he won. He's got some famous quotes about that, but yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and and of course, for me personally, getting to to to, to travel the world and, and so on was like super super cool for me. Um, yeah. And yeah, the the negative aspects are what we just talked about. I. I guess you won't make a steady income. Um, just as in most professions in life, you have to be good at it. Like some people underestimate being a, a professional poker player. Sometimes I, I think they only see like the, the big money and the vacations, but you have to to, to work to, to get better just as in everything in life. 
but of course the upside can be can be pretty good but the the, the downside can be pretty bad as as well if you if you overestimate yourself yeah i, I think another just to tag on to that i think one of the things about poker too which you could say again for different jobs and different things when you look at pay or how much you're making you know you got to look at your your happiness the quality of life factor as well and like even with poker some of this stuff like this is sort of packaged in like when you look around and you and you look back on your career or from your planes if you've been playing for 10 years and you and you let's just say you know you you haven't won the main event which most of us haven't or maybe you don't have a bracelet or maybe you're even like net down or even Come on, or, Jeff. try try harder if you haven't won the main event yet that's true i mean that's listen, it's possible anyone could do it it's it's, it's coming up very soon it's about you know two months less than two months away um the the, the reality is you can take those though if you really look and you were to write down and sort of take all the relationships the contacts the interactions the, the the places you've gone there's a lot of value in that you know there's a lot of people that yeah. you know maybe have made more money and are sitting at their desk nine to five or whatever could be doing anything or, or doing nothing and and just kind of going along the way and you, you're getting to live experience and and do yeah. a lot so I think that's you know for me that's like you know obviously I've pivoted a bit from like just playing, I do a lot more content and stuff for poker, but I personally like, that's what I, that's what gives me the most joy. And when I look back, I'm like, Oh, I could probably, maybe I could have traded or done this or started. Like, I just, I really don't think I would change for, for almost anything, just more because right. of opportunities and experiences and learnings that I've got from poker. I think it, I think that's something that's very underrated that I think poker, if approached and handled correctly, I think it can, it really, translate well to other areas of life like yeah. in general you can apply it to so many things like it's sort of like a metaphor for life and you really get to it comes at you fast you know that river hits you hard that that success that the, the 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 failures other people's success other people's failures i mean that's another thing like when you're with a group like the yourself you know like you're sort of overrated and you're friends with a lot of people but you know, how do you handle other people's success how are your, your other friends are having a lot of success or a stretch and maybe you're not having a good stretch are you happy for them are you you know are you aiding them? Are you being supportive when they're not having uh, success? So I, I just think that that's one of the things I would say to piggyback that. I think there's just a lot of um, positives you can take out of out of poker, and I think too much it's focused on negatives in poker. People like say, "Oh, it's gambling and you know this addictive," but like I mean, you could say anything, man. There's how many people are addicted to you know Minecraft or watching Twitch or you know watching i mean how many people watch tv i know in america it's crazy like I, I just know how many people sit around and they watch like six hours of tv a day you know like you're telling me that's productive like that's great like it's not that's not like you're doing uh you know changing the world um by by doing that so anyway that's that's my that's my tangent um all right let's dive in let's get to let's get to questions because i know this is there's a lot cry people want to hear from you they want to know they just they're just they're coming in as we speak i don't even think we're gonna have um enough time so we won't do all of them we're gonna do a few before we do have a hundred dollar giveaway people are when they see this after it's recorded it'll be probably too late because we're gonna select it live but they have had a chance to to ask questions so let's let's try to get through some of these and i think probably some of these i've already asked so we won't ask all of them um Oh, like, well, we'll just kind of, we'll, we'll start with this. We, we did already cover this about winning, how does it feel, win WSP main event, but did you pay the whole ticket or did you sell a part? I assume you paid the whole one, but the question I would say is, did you swap? Because I'm sure you're buying your own 10K main event ticket at this point in your career, but what about swapping and, and how do you feel about that in, in this tournament? Is that something you do with some friends? Uh, yeah, I had, I had, uh, I had a few 
swaps. Um, not too many. So that <laughs> was good for me, I guess. But of course, I was happy for my, my, my friends that, that had a piece. I had like two or three people I, I swapped kind of like late-ish in the tournament with. Um, but none of them made it super far. So yeah, I had a good amount of, of myself. I don't want to say exactly, of course. Uh, but yeah, I had, right. I had a few swaps, yeah. Nice. Um, what part of the tournaments do you think players usually make the biggest minus EV punts? You know, if you could, if you could say a stage, like where do you see people? Maybe the beginning do they play way too fast, or is it the ICM? You know, between eight and thirteen, where it's the heaviest. Where where do you think people make the biggest mistakes? Population tendency. I mean, dollar wise, that has to be where the big money is, and that that's that's on final tables. I mean, um, final table stage is just where the most money is. Is made so there you will make the the most costly uh, costly mis mistakes for sure that makes perfect sense um what how big of a target do you think you're gonna have playing the main event this year just in general have you i mean this is like we we did chat about this as well i it's interesting because you know you all of a sudden kind of get put into people most poker players know who you are but now almost every poker player will uh recognize you or, or be aware of that do you think you have a target on your back and have you even thought about how you might need to adjust your your game to this yet or is it just sort of yeah I'm not, yeah that's that's gonna be interesting i'm not i'm not sure to be honest i haven't played a ton of live poker since as, as i said so i'm not gonna not exactly sure how it's gonna be this main event um like in the first one or two events i played after it was actually a little bit different i mean when the first main event i played i could see that people were excited getting into Thoughts with me, so I'm I'm not like I mean it's not going to be that way most of the time, but maybe sometimes. So yeah, curious how how it's how it's going to be and if it's going to affect anything. And would you recommend anyone to start a, a career as a poker player? This is a very um, broad question, but maybe give me your advice if someone was going to start. So the yeah, so like my. I actually do have an advice there. You have to enjoy it. If you enjoy it and aren't in there for only the money, then do it for sure. I mean, but you shouldn't. Yeah, it, it definitely has to start as a hobby, in my opinion. You you shouldn't have, like, if you're starting at, at zero, you shouldn't have the goal to to becoming a millionaire by, by playing poker, in my opinion. It's not going to work out for, like, 99.99% of, of people um just as in like sports or whatever if you enjoy it if it's not going to ruin all the other aspects of your life then start it as a hobby and maybe if it works out really well then go go pro at some point but yeah you definitely have to enjoy it yeah and you're you're ranked so this this question i mean you're ranked 32nd in the all-time money list right now do you pay attention to that stuff where you are in germany where you are in your, you know, do you have goals about, you know, where you want to go? Like what, what it kind of, kind of piggybacks this question. What motivation do you have to keep playing after winning such a large and a large amount of money and already achieving the ultimate poker goal and poker? So I want to answer that question, but then also like curious if you keep an eye on lists and do you have any targets for, for the, this type of. Um, yeah. Money list, not too much, like a little bit sometimes. I mean, I've, I've looked at it, of course. Um, I, in general, I like rankings. I like like the GPI rankings or whatever. I think it's a cool thing. More serious should have 
leaderboards. I, I think more and more series are, are doing that. I think it's it's good. Like a lot of people like that and you will get more people into the games, I think, or playing more tournaments if you have leader, leaderboards. So in general, I like it. Um, yeah, so like, for instance, one year I was like going for play of the year almost like like third or fourth and i was looking at the at the leaderboard towards the end of the year for sure what keeps me motivated after that win um that's super individual right like so i i did play a little bit less now but that was kind of the plan i did like a big vacation anyways um i will i will see and like watch my, my myself uh I, I i guess like how i'm gonna like playing the world series this year it is going to be a little bit different um i mean i can't deny that but I mean, if if I want to have goals in poker, there 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 are things to achieve. Of course, like just get getting better, like beating beating, beating the best, uh, and so on. Yeah, for sure. I um, I, I got the we got a question from Duck Dodgers here about GTO or exploit. Seriously, and and can you even could you pick one or is it just? I mean, it's all the game is, is constantly each situation is is there. What is how would you explain GTO versus exploit? Street poker. Go for street poker. I love the street poker. <laughs> I like that answer. What is the lowest buy-in tournament that you have played in the last two years, both live and online? Um, I actually played a, uh, at the EPT Prague now. I played the 300 euro whatever cup it it was. Um, so that was, that was fun. Um, so you got a wide range, is what you're saying. Yeah. And what about what? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, lowest and highest then on each and online. Um, highest tournament I played. Like, what was the time frame? I mean, I played the 300k was the highest buy, and I, I played uh, the super high rollerball 300k. Uh, last time I played that, I think two years, like before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, online, I've played. I usually don't play anything lower than like a hundred or, or so. Or like, yeah, those are the lowest I, I play usually, and it depends. Sometimes, yeah, like there's a there's some some ten k's, right? Some some big ones, and at, at serious sometimes like twenty five k or something. How, how would you equivalent uh, equate the online versus live? Like a ten k online is is like what live? Would you say? How does that calibrate? Um, yeah, online tournaments are, are, are way tougher in, in, in general. Like, uh, I don't know, a 1K tournament online is way tougher than a 1K live. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure where it exactly stands to be. Right. Okay. To be honest. Yeah. More, more, more difficult. Um, uh, see, uh, this is an, I don't speak Spanish. Unfortunately, I should because my wife's kind of embarrassing. But I, I told you, I, Corey, I got to learn poker first. Before I'm learning languages and, and doing much, we're, we're, we're working up. Um, uh, there were some funny questions. Are you defending the main event this year? You already said yes, right? You will be playing the main event. Of course. Does it come with it? Does it come? Is that like obviously it's sort of irrelevant when you win eight million? But the, is that like is the main event next year bought in for you already or something? Or is that just not part of like how they not, do it? Not not that I know. I I don't know. I I don't think so. Check about that. You don't want to double buy if they uh, if they have it. You got to know um, what. Uh, oh yeah, this is a funny question. After you won big, what was the weirdest petition you got about lend some money? 
Um, did you find any new cousins, any distant relatives, anyone come out or, or yeah, I mean, this is of course like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. Don't get me wrong, but the, yeah. the negative thing is, um, yeah, I'm getting like tons of tons and tons of messages online like from people that want money. <laughs> that's, that's Random people. Actually, I'm sure if I, if I, if I gave everybody money that asked, I, the money would have been gone like the next, like within a day, even with people not asking for more than 10 K that insane amount of, of messages. Well, yeah, that's got to be a bit annoying. That's also got to be a little bit of a turnoff too on social media because, yeah, you must be getting Instagram random requests and, and tw people asking you for, for stuff all over the place. I, yeah, it's, I, getting, I yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit better now, but I'm like, but the first few days and weeks were, were insane. And yeah, I'm still getting some now, but like it, it's, it, it became less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we see a question here from Clark about did you ever have a long, bad run tilt when you lost so much that you considered stopping poker? Uh, if yes, how do you overcome it? So I kind of already asked you this, but did, did you actually ever consider maybe not even for that reason, but have you had, you had a point in your career where you're kind of like, you know what, I might be ready to move on. Not be, not necessarily because of running. I, actually, maybe not like, um, after downswing, but maybe around the time that we talked about at the beginning of, of, of our talk, like 2015 ish. So I was playing poker for, for two, three years now, like half seriously at, at least. And I didn't really get like to the to the high stakes or whatever so i i, I kind of thought to myself i remember that at the time if i'm not going to make it um within the next year or so then i can't really miss university or like miss everything else in my life and just just play poker so um yeah so at, the, at that time i was kind of thinking about it but yeah 2016 kind of was so successful that i thought I made the right decision with poker. Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. We got we got a question about John G asking, can you help me win a bracelet this summer? I mean, I've got a second. I don't have a first. I, how do you do it? Can you can you help me? I, it, give me a pointer for my game. I'll be you know, we can be open on the forum here. You know, probably not so much about my game, but a little bit. What do I need to do? Give me give me a trick. Give me something. Yeah, you just have to to get the poker gods on your side, man. You just I don't know. Maybe I, I can show you some 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 tricks how to convince the poker gods that it's it's your, your time this year. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. We'll take what we can. But get. I, we, we we can't we can't give them uh, right. to to everyone. We can't so. just throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. I'll fully out there. Else it won't it won't work. But that's good. That's good news. Uh, we might we might get a tip here. Um, that we answered this. When did you start playing? We already covered that. Uh, so can you help? Yep, that. Uh, parents, we've covered that. I always love that. I always love to know how the parents feel. That's yeah. good to know they're on board now. Um, uh, any funny stories, anecdotes from your recent trip to Latin America? Adrian asks. I don't. Did you just take a trip there, or was yeah, it was in Argentina and Colombia. Like, I'm not sure if I have anecdotes, but it was incredible. Uh, my first time in South America. I started learning Spanish last year, so I. Yeah, like Argentina, I I, I loved. I loved Buenos Aires. I loved the the mountains in Patagonia and Colombia was super cool too. Like met, met a lot of friends there. We did these sports Olympics events. Maybe some, some of you saw it on my, on my Instagram, um, where I don't post a lot, but sometimes <laughs> quality posts. It looks like high, high resolution. And I know we were, we were debating you getting you like a social media manager or something, but you gotta, you either dive in or don't man. It's that, it's that simple. Like you can't, you can't just, you know, it's, it's hard to, uh, once you start going down those that path, you, you need some help or else it can definitely consume you. And I, I do want to ask about 
Twitch and YouTube and, and commentary and this type of stuff, like, do you have, do you see yourself potentially doing stuff or more content in poker or uh, commentary? Have you, have you given any more thought to that recently, especially after doing the Triton? stop um it was definitely fun doing it at triton um I, i just like trying things out you know like um i'm i'm gonna try it out maybe i will try out like twitch or whatever too at one point i don't know i'm, I'm up to try things out and if i like it i will continue if, if not then not um yeah i'm bad at making like super long-term plans anyway so i just like to look at the, the near future usually Very nice. Uh, and and shooting over here before I forget, because I like to do this each time with guests. I want a prediction. And we, we didn't really go down this rabbit hole of crypto NFTs and whatnot, but just, just from a very simple standpoint of give me a price prediction for Bitcoin and Ethereum for uh, 20, end of this year. So January 1, call it 2022. Where do you think it is? And, and if you have any other thoughts on crypto. Um, I... 41 41 is kind of my number to be honest so i, I like i like the, i like the 41 but um yeah i can i can see it going up but i'm not like i i i really know no expert i, I really don't know uh price price prediction it's but has to go up right like a little, little bit higher than that it's going to be possible i think okay so so slightly north of that and ethereum same thing you kind of put them bucket them together both just cryptos yeah one one, one the number from me okay yeah, and Bitcoin, you're not, uh, how can you win the grand prize if you don't guess a number i can't just say up from there we got end, end, end of end of the year yeah 20 uh, end of this year okay 20. bitcoin uh bitcoin 22. bitcoin little little higher we don't want to shoot for the moon right away right so 40 47 000 for bitcoin and uh 3.333 for ethereum all right we're gonna lock those numbers in it is 2022 correct that's the year it's 2020 you were the 2021 main event champion this is oh 20 it's 2022 already damn it is, um, yeah it, it's okay. it's It's moving. It is moving for sure. So, all right, we got some price predictions there. Um, we're going to go over to, uh, we've covered that. a lot of questions we're already covering. Um, is poker still fun for you, for your soul? I guess you'll answer yes. If so, you are about that. I don't know. Uh, interesting wearing there. Do you, is, it, is it fun? Do you love playing? Whenever you go sit in a tournament, is it, is it enjoyable for you? Yeah, it's, it's usually in waves for me. Like when I uh, play a ton, like all the time, I kind of, like having a break no i had a little bit of a break so i i'm, I'm gonna play a little um yeah but I, i i like i like the game i will like the game my my, my whole life i'm i'm sure i'm not sure if, whether i'm gonna be a professional all my life probably not but um it's it's just a it's just a cool game uh favorite hobby what's your favorite hobby to do um play football or soccer Uh, we've covered variants, we've covered goals. Uh, okay. And then a question about would be giving your lifetime earnings. You already had a very comfortable bankroll to play with, which was more exciting winning the huge first place prize prize money or winning the title. Um, I think you should um, say if you exclude, uh, would be given you, I'm not sure, but what, what to you is more exciting the 8 million or the, or the trophy? I guess is all. Yeah, I mean both both are pretty exciting to be honest. I like I, I know some people would like say easily the money, and I mean for me it's still the money, I guess. But I, I like titles. I think it's it's it, that's very cool too. And I'm I'm 
I, I know how lucky it is to win that tournament, but I'm still like proud in a way, like achieving the title. So yeah, I, I think Patrick Leonard made a really interesting post, and it's it's um it's true. Like I remember Full Tilt used to give those those bounty turn those bounty knockout. Like anytime they knock out a pro, right? Probably like yeah. shipping the shirt cost whatever. I don't know. They should really have like a trophy factory because these tournaments. They make these, these sites make money, right? They're, they're, it's not that there's a there's a there's an entry cost to have a trophy and have it shipped. It's like it's it's probably like less than ten dollars all in, right? But who doesn't love trophies? Like you know, it's it's hard to win a tournament. When I mean, you're talking 100, 200, 300 person, even if you play every day, twenty tables, like it'd be sweet. Like I would love to have you know when I was a kid, I played soccer and we get ribbons and medals and stuff, and like it's great. Like I would love to have yeah. a trophy case of online. You know, even if it's twenty dollar buying tournaments or whatever, and you win one, it's like kind of cool, right? I, I, I think yeah, uh, they should. We should do that. I think they should have more of that. You're, you're mentioning to have the trophy, and it's, it is nice, right? It's fun. It's fun to have a trophy. Um, I hope, I hope sites start doing that a bit more. Uh, we got a question here from someone who solves poker. He's asking about a controversial topic. A couple guys I know you, you've definitely played some, some poker with. Uh, you got Ali Ismirovich and Jake. Um, what do you, and, and uh, what they're talking about, what do you think about it? This was kind of brought to attention about some, some RTA stuff and, and different things going on. And some, some kind of big topic is brewed about high stakes and some alleged cheating and solver stuff. So without going into specific names, what, what are your thoughts on this topic? Yeah. Tough, tough topic. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure. Like I'm I'm not following Twitter all the time, so I'm not sure if the, um, if, if any of those mentioned names have said something. Um, I guess we should give everybody the chance to defend themselves. I've heard. Um, yeah, th th there were rumors for for quite some time in the high roller scene, so kind of most people knew about it. Um, yeah, it's of course very bad for poker if cheating happens it's destroying the game like rta using real-time assistance is very very bad um obviously cheating your friends is not cool cheating people you know but yeah i don't know 100 percent what's what's going on so i'm not gonna like comment on that specifically but yeah if if cheating from anybody happened then that's of course not okay at all yeah i i yeah it's a complex one you know rob has been talking about this kind of global poker sort of association and it, it it's very or you know band of of regulations and it's complicated as you mentioned also you know it's a little different he made a point that when the when when people cheat in blackjack or, or, or casino games you're cheating the house casino when people are as you just sort of mentioned, it's not cool, but you're like cheating your friends or people. I think sites and just in general, they're a little less quick because it's like you're cheating one another, right? They're not actually getting, now this sounds kind of silly to say out loud, but I think that's part of the problem. But also there's a lot of privacy issues and there has to be like beyond reasonable doubt, right? It's very tricky to do these things. And also let's say you are caught on um, GG or or poker stars does that mean are they able to share that and can you just like ban someone everywhere can you ban someone live if they're doing something unethical online you know like where does this this becomes a very complicated situation right um and i, I think it is, it is complicated it is complicated and i don't have the solution for it um 
but yeah, I guess that's also important that people don't just easily get away with it um, because it's just. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in, in, in any any other like um, context, like stealing, it's basically stealing millions, right? Like it's it's a pretty insane thing. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it kind of feels unreal when it's just happening, playing cards online, but it's actually pretty pretty big thing yeah i mean look i mean here's alex foxen who's one of the big names in, in poker saying poker blacklist can't come soon enough he says ali is banned from gg for multi-accounting rta i have witnessed numerous chip dumps to horses i mean this is a pretty pretty bold allegation and many suspicious changes in play from people to known as horses deep in online so i mean this is he's, he's stirring up the pot there's also um there was something said about like I, I got to find the thing. And again, I don't want to go make this about, it's kind of dark and, and different, but something was saying about, I don't know if he was even kidding or what, but it was about like at the Triton, how something with his glasses, he thought he saw like one of Paul's cards, Paul Foy's cards, and then like played and did some different. He showed like an exploitative spot or, or a GTO spot. Right. And was like, this is only possible if he knew this. So I don't know. It, it just kind of, yeah. It's getting front and center, so it's getting a little. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about the the, the hand. Um, I right. don't know if the, anything went on in that hand or not. But I, like, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I, I don't know. But the way bigger thing is, like the the, the like RTA online and, and stuff. If, if if that's true, I mean, of course, everybody can de defend them themselves. Right. So. For sure. Fair enough. Uh, we're on the same page. Um, what's your favorite German food? German not known historically for the best cuisine. I mean, I got to say, German does a lot of things well. What do you, what do you call it? German food. Yeah, the German food is just so international. Like, yeah, nobody really eats too much German food. Um, okay, but what's, what's something that only exists in Germany? So me, as being like half Turkish as well, maybe I just have to go for, go for uh, Döner, or like Döner. Which is kind of has been invented by the Turks in in Germany. Uh, okay, I don't know. I guess some of you have heard it, but I'm pretty sure it's way worse wherever you live in the world than it is in the original in Berlin or like in, in some parts of Turkey. Yeah. Um. Very, 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 very nice. I like that you kind of you did a hybrid there. You you covered a couple of things in that answer. I like that. Favorite hand from the final table that you won the World Series main event? I mean, I, we actually haven't even really looked too in depth on this, but um, you know, this this table you had a that huge hand to win it, the main event. George Holmes, this guy's like home game hero, right? He's like uh, not a professional, at least from what I understand, but I think he played very well from what I what I understood. You guys had a big match, and I remember that ten seven to king queen hand to yeah. end it, which was the last hand and in, in very intense spot. I mean, look at the guys literally played the main event twice, at least record or cash wise so that's uh that's what he's that's his resume and that's a guy you were playing for the world title and and tell me about that final table is there any hand in particular or one versus heads up i mean of course the hands that are most memorable are the the big ones like the final hand and um yeah some like as i said i haven't watched it back right <laughs> so like watching it back i will remember way more the the yeah the, the ones i remember the most are the last one the 10 7 you mentioned and the one where I busted um, my buddy Papo MC with a flopped boat with the nines against the tens. That was the huge, huge one, like versus second and chips. Some hands leading up to the final table as well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, those are the most memorable ones. How was how was George playing heads up? And did you actually feel was it was like you kind of said after day three you were you were short, and then you all of a sudden had a lot of chips and never really looked back and had sort of the chip lead. But like, did you actually feel was there was there actually like an interesting sense of, of pressure? Like, because at, at the final table, you're covering everyone. You realize you're the most experienced player there by far. You have the chip lead. Everything's sort of in your control. But like once it got the heads up and what, it was two to one lead or three to one or kind of tight, right? And I, I was watching, I was in the room playing and I saw it on the big screen and it was, you're behind me. And it, it looked intense, right? Like, I mean, it wasn't like a cakewalk, like a 10 to one, 12 to one chip lead, never had a shot. I mean, it was it was in reach for him to win. I mean, feasibly, and even yeah. there, all in, there was, he had a chance to win, you know, with, um, and then if he had won that pot, he maybe he would have had the chip lead even. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all, all the chips were in play. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. insane, actually. Like, I would have been super crippled. Um, yeah, I was, chi- like, I think I was chip leader from 20 left literally the whole time until heads up. But at heads up, he, he got the better of me at the, at, at first, um, so he took the chip lead for a bit, and so like it went back and back and forth. We're pretty even actually. So yeah, like all tournament, it it it, it went super smooth and until heads up. I mean, he played he played pretty well. <laughs> I mean, very fearless, which is important. Um, of course, he made some mistakes. We all made some mistakes. I made some mistakes. Um, but I think not not being a professional, he played phenomenal. Super nice guy too. I mean, I got to talk to him a little bit. Very very cool. Very happy for him too. Like getting that big score. Um, yeah, it was was super tough. I mean, that that last hand could have. Yeah, I could have lost that, of course, and then he would have won. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> did, did you feel pressure though? Like when he like how did oh, how yeah. when he when he took the chip lead? Were you kind of like because in your mind again he's playing well, he's an amateur, but who cares, right? Like that's like you're playing for millions and millions of dollars in a heads up match versus an amateur, and all your experience, all your everything you basically have done, it comes down like listen, you get second, you're gonna be fine, right? Like you want a ton of money, everything's cool, but winning versus second yeah. it's a huge deal so did you ever did you find yourself in a moment needing to calm yourself down or on a yeah. break talk somebody be like wow like all right just relax this is okay because if you like your point earlier if you overthink it and you be too conservative it can also backfire right where you're missing value or you don't go for it and you're like oh, i want to just whittle this guy down to like short and never get it all in which is not how you know that's not how you play poker so how, how are you able to sort of to, to get control of your emotions in that that moment no, I did feel the pressure actually. Not only heads up, but also um, before because, yeah, as I was the chip leader like every start of the day, and I was also considered the most experienced player or whatever. So I kind of tried to not look at Twitter all the time and and so on, and try to calm down. But of course, I did did feel the pressure and heads up too, especially when he took the the chip lead for the the first time, and they were like the the, the rail was super loud, and I remember. At some point, like it, it wasn't going well, and then the some some of the Brits started uh, chanting, like 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 cheering, cheering uh, George on, which is fair enough, I guess. But they like, made some some fun songs. So at some point, I I uh, put my what's it called, my hood yeah. over my 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 head because yeah, I was I, I was like yeah, feeling the pressure, feeling the emotions, and so on. Um, yeah, and after winning that last hand, I mean, I was very emotional too there for, for a second. I mean, I, I, I could feel the, the pressure, like, 
coming 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 off me i i guess yeah it was just pretty pretty big big moments as you as you might imagine yeah yeah very very exciting and and yeah i mean that's the thing right you can always uh you can handle it different ways and, and you just sometimes don't know because you can't really practice for that for that actual, no. actual moment so very cool right, we're gonna take a few more then we're gonna do this hundred dollar giveaway um uh let's see we're actually just mentioned this hand the nine nine to ten ten versus papo um the the argentinian rapper yeah. who, who's been on a tear i mean he won a uh like three thousand person uh, Prague event, I think, right yeah, recently yeah. too. He finally tabled the main. Talk to me about him a little bit. How? How? Uh, what's his deal? Is he? Is he? Is he just? Is he running like God? I know he has. Is he? Is he playing great? Like he obviously must be doing some things very well. What? what was so his? I. Yeah. So I didn't know him at all before the main event. Um, I played with him on I think day four of day or day no day five. I think I played with him the whole day. Mm-hmm. I still didn't know uh, who he was, and after the day, I found out that he was a rapper and i look, looked him up online and he's like for those of you who don't know i'm sure most of you do know him he's like very very big in in south america and especially argentina where, where he's from he's like 2.5 million followers on instagram or something yeah 2.7 something like that very very big name and yeah he plays he plays poker too he plays um online too from uh, as far as i know as far as i know he loves he loves the game he's pretty good he wasn't a professional poker player he was rapper uh, first place but i think he's pretty serious about poker and i got to know him a little bit better not in in vegas where I just played with him but in in prague we got to talk a little bit and and uh, hung out a little bit super nice guy and um, yeah he has made like a lot of lot of deep runs so um sure he's serious about the game i haven't talked strategy with him or whatever so i'm not sure like people ask me about that hand a lot. I'm. I guess in hindsight, he made a mistake against me in that hand where he called off on the on the river with with this pair of tens. He like, yeah, put me on a bluff basically. Uh, and I guess in hindsight, that's a mistake. But I, I'm always a fan of going with your read. And he, I'm pretty sure he knew that his call wasn't like standard. He just felt for some reason that I didn't have it, <laughs> and that's kind of what 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 brought him so far right and he he won huge event in, in Prague the Eureka and I think he even won another event he found him at the main so I'm sure he's doing a lot of things things right yeah definitely definitely um definitely playing well all right let's take uh we'll do we'll do one more here and we'll do the giveaway um you were you were at many final tables of big events but comparing only these two specific PCA 2018 and WSOP 21 so two main events and in, in big big fields and, and pools which one would you say had a higher level of play due to the players that made up those tables? Mm, tough to say. I guess, uh, to be honest, PCA had uh, more known players at the time, but maybe if you consider like the game evolving within three years as well. I don't, I don't know. But like on the PCA final table, there, there, there were some some big names. Maria Lampropoulos, who won, Sean Buchanan, uh and I got third. Adrian Mateus got fourth. Uh, so there was some some big names. So maybe like the experience of players overall was 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 higher there. I don't I don't know. Okay, and I just got to ask because I did co- mention this. We talked for a second just now, but what do you in terms of a proposed blacklist being introduced in poker? Do you think this is a good thing? Do you think this is even possible based on what you understand and how that would work? That's the issue, right? I mean, in theory, of course, it's a good thing, um, but it's going to be tough to implement that i mean who's gonna who's gonna decide that yeah i mean if somebody finds a finds a good solution i'm, I'm 
Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I guess it's important to not get cheaters get a, get away with it so easily. Right. I mean, I think it's also too if someone if the you know how I look at it though is that I think it's complex because if you're going to ask people that I, I know Rob Young is sort of leading the charge and he's talked about this for a while. Um, or being involved in having sort of like a, I mean, the thing is, I think poker could use like a FIFA or a governing body, right? There could be elected people like the, 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 you know, at some point this just happens, right? It's hard to do, but there is a way to, you know, we can try to do it, right? We can do our best. I'm sure it would be better than nothing. And, um, you know, that, that's kind of how it is. Like these major sports and organizations, they do have elected people. Now, granted, they have problems themselves, right? There is corruption. There is, there is not like, it's just like going to solve everything, but at least I think it maybe legitimizes the, the overall feeling more. And, you know, if you have situations that arise, if there's sort of a protocol that is in place, I think it would actually deter people maybe in the first place. And even if like you can't ban someone on every site or do everything, like if someone gets publicly confirmed by this organization that there's an, there's a problem, like that's not, they're probably not going to feel so comfortable just to like gallivant around, right? And go play like live in the series and like just because even though they may be able to play, you're going to, you know, it's not, you wouldn't feel good if you were known to be confirmed a cheater and you're going to go sit and just be on TV and, or whatever, go to like the World Series, you know, look at like some of the full tilt guys, right? I mean, they were not very comfortably welcomed by, at places and it's not so easy just to sit there and and do it um so i don't know anyway we'll leave we'll leave on that note i know listen i i, I was trying to have a quick uh i i wanted to quickly cover all of these but we, 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 we there's a lot more man look at this people want to know we we answered a lot uh there's some great questions here there's still some more you could always take a look and hopefully get to respond let's let's uh copy this though and let's get a hundred dollar giveaway for someone look at that man look at that look at that smile that's like that's what i'm saying i would that's the energy you can't take away man that's that's just that's just pure genuine joy what a photo what a what a moment let me figure out how to do this i'm a little rusty i'll be honest i haven't i'm gonna copy all right there we go copy i'm gonna go here i'm gonna let you pick it this is my man dnp3's built system for giveaways hundred dollars you never know man hundred dollars could start a bankroll you could do a lot with it i'm gonna let you tell me when to do it so we're gonna look at this it's got bot detection all the right oh, stuff cool. this is a serious tool good cry if you ever go on to become do some twitch and streaming you got to get this so you can do some giveaways like this it's, it's very high tech this guy built it he's a legend dmp3 been in the podcast i hope it even works it looks like it works so i'm going to download this people who followed instructions 83 eligible better than a one percent chance to win a hundred dollars right now cry this is this is intense all right, we're downloading, and then you're gonna. Now it's your turn. It's your time to shine. You get to. You get to choose the fate. You tell me when. Okay, so three, two, one, now. Boom! Choose a winner. I'm sure. Let's load it up. Let's see who's gonna get it. It's a hundred dollars USD. That's more in Canadian, uh, and it is something in all the other. And he does fall. He does does do it all. He did retweet this guy's retweet there it is look at that he, he he asked a question as well retweeted he's in the mix and my man sullivan 147 you just won a hundred dollars uh courtesy of myself karai and everyone i'm gonna go ahead and message him and karai i'm gonna say thank you very much this was very informative i hope you enjoyed it i know i did people if you are able to watch the video version you saw this or on all the audio outlets uh hopefully have karai on in the future hopefully get this do some more commentary together. That was very enjoyable, and, and I, I look forward to uh, future stops. I wish you the best at WSOP. I'm not going to be there for the majority, but hopefully for a bit I'll be there, and uh, it'd be great to get a beer, hang out, yeah. and, 
uh, appreciate the time so much. This was a this was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jeff. Thanks a lot for for having me. That was, that was fun to talk about a few things. And yeah, I hope to hope to see you soon. Cheers. All right, guys, give him a follow on all the different outlets. As you saw, Twitter. He's more active on on Instagram, but he he's diving in maybe on the Twitch street. Stay tuned. If he does, I'm sure I'll <laughs> let you guys know where you can follow along with him and his poker journey. That is, uh, to say the least, gone fairly well this far. So all the best to to cry. Appreciate the time, and and we'll see you guys on an episode very soon. Thanks. Bye.